This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Tech Talk. Uh, what happens when you combine years of farming experience with the innovation of cutting edge technology? The answer, according to Afif Badrul Hisham, head of business development at homegrown aerospace engineering and technology company Sat.Asia, is the promise of a revitalized economy driven by agriculture. Uh, Afif is on the phone line with me now. Afif, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Rich. My pleasure. How are you doing right now? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's good to talk to you today. Good stuff. Uh, uh, you've just got back from the uh, Dubai Expo, right? Um, over, obviously, in Dubai for the Sustainable Agricultural Week. How was that? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, well, I, I had a great week over there. I mean, um, it was it was quite an experience because um, you get to see a lot of people, you get to see a lot of technology, and it's quite mm -hmm. um, humbling to know that Malaysia, as it turns out, was one of the most popular pavilion when it comes to agriculture. Um, we get a lot of visitors um, from countries, especially from America and Lat uh, Latin America and, and Africa, and mm -hmm. um, they were quite keen to understand how you know we do things in our agricultural sector. And, and that was quite exciting as well. And of course, when you, you went to, you know, you go to all these uh, pavilions of more advanced countries like South Korea and Germany, you get to mm. see more advanced stuff. So, so yeah, it was, it was a very good experience for me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you come away inspired? Oh, yes, yes, very much. And I have loads of ideas that I would like to try on. <laughs> Some of those ideas I'm sure you can share with us uh, in a little while. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, Sat.Asia then. Uh, I understand that you come from an aerospace background. Um, now, how did you get involved with these guys? All right. So, um, yeah, that, that's quite an interesting story, really, because um, you are right. Sat.Asia is actually an engineering services company. And um, we've been in the aerospace business, I think, since 2006. And um, Set Asia itself was actually established in the year 2020. But before that, we were we were under a different name. So we've been in the industry for so long, right? And mm -hmm. I think um, most of our workforce are actually engi uh, aerospace engineers. And we do have programmers and developers, but most of us are actually aerospace engineers. And myself is actually an aerospace engineer by training. Yeah. Right. And um, what happened was that um, because we were doing upstream engineering services for the likes of Boeing and Airbus, um, mm -hmm. once our aircraft designs for A350, A380, the latest aircrafts, um, you know, come to an end, when they go into production, as you can imagine, most of the upstream engineering services work have tapered down. Right? Mm -hmm. So we have to shift our focus to the manufacturing of these aircrafts. And that's when we decided to take on the responsibility or rather you know, the privilege of actually championing Malaysia as the destination for these big boys to come and manufacture their components here in the country. Right, uh, right. And, and that's when actually I got the opportunity to travel the world and see and meet um, all these executives from Boeing, Airbus and their suppliers. And mm -hmm. one interesting fact that I learned is that other than the usual suspects of you know, factors contributing to them deciding which country they want to go, uh, like infrastructure, political stability, economic stability and all that, was mm. the, what they call as Industrial Revolution 4.0 Readiness or IR 4.0 yep. Readiness, right? Yep, so, yep, yep. so they wanted to make sure that the country is actually uh, ready to embrace all the new technologies that they are going to bring in. And apparently at that particular time, there are a lot of gaps in Malaysia um, that we need to fill in before we are ready to actually get these big boys in. 
And that's when uh, we decided, you know what, we have to go into technology. We have to actually champion the IR 4.0, IoT, big data, uh, AI, AR and VR and all this stuff. You know, we have to actually make them uh, um, sort of uh, popular. You know, we have to make them a mainstay in, in our, our country. So yeah. that's how yeah. we got into technology, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you you essentially you, you set yourselves up you know uh, as the guys to go to as and when they've decided to come in is that correct? Yes, yes, that's right. Because the thing is, um, we we've been working because we were working on the upstream uh, engineering services. We get um almost you know a direct line with the likes of Airbus and Boeing because they know us yeah. directly, right? So that actually put in a position where we can actually talk to them freely. And um, mm-hmm. that's, that's when we, we managed to actually get a lot of information about what are the requirements and what are the trends out there. And then mm-hmm. we position ourselves to become the, 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 the company or, you know, the, the party that they will actually talk to when it comes to deciding whether they want to come into the country or not. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and that's when we also saw that, okay, in Malaysia, you know, we do have data analytics, we do have IoT here and there, but it's, it's a bit in silo. So we mm-hmm. have to actually champion it. We have to bring it to the government agency level, right? So we had to mm-hmm. talk to a lot of government agencies, a lot of uh, you know officers and ministers, um, just to convince them to have a national agenda on that mm-hmm. particular subject, rather than just having you know small companies here and there uh, using the technology. Mm. Was that a difficult discussion to have? Uh, it's not so much of a difficult. It's just that um, you know it, it was quite. Um, surprising um, that that most of these uh, parties that we have been in talk to in talk with you know they are not really familiar with the technology or rather when when they talk about IR 4.0 for example they are still talking about automation and robotics which yeah. is essentially the IR 3.0 right yeah, so yeah. so so there are, there are quite a lot of educating that we have to do a lot of explain explaining you know a lot of uh, you know basically exposing uh, these mm-hmm. people to what actually is IR 4.0 and and to be fair to them you know there is no one single definition for IR 4.0 anyway right it Correct. all depends on the kind of uh, you know technology that you have the the, the kind of uh, you know all these factors you know where you are what you want to do you know so so we have to sort of tailor the definition of IR 4.0 to what uh, is suited for Malaysia mm-hmm. yeah. and obviously you know we, we our agriculture industry in arguably um it isn't um well, it's it lags a little bit behind in terms of adoption of, of things like um, IoT and Industry 4.0, I would argue. Um, wouldn't you say so currently? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I would agree with you, yes. Uh, and so what are the kind of things that you are looking at to help uh, bring Malaysia's agricultural industry, you know, up to speed? I mean, I, I'm looking at things like sensors and stuff like, you know, um, not uh, they're checking soil pH and all of that kind of stuff, all done via these IoT devices. Is that the yes. kind of things that you're looking at? Yes, yes, we are looking at that, but um, essentially that is not really uh, where we want to go or what we wanted to do, right? Um, because at the end of the day, those are uh, sensors are not really, you know, uh, it's not a breakthrough technology. It's not a cutting edge technology, yeah. right? It's been around for for so many years. Right, but I think what's essential here is for us to 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 get the point across that data integrity is very important. You know, mm-hmm. at this stage, mm-hmm. and you have to have a system where you can acquire all this data either automatically or either with a proper precision. You know, and the integrity should be intact, and mm-hmm. that is the that is uh, the precursor to all the big data analytics, AI, machine learning that you want to do later. 
right? Mm. So um, that is why we decided to actually go into IoT in the first place. Um, to mm. be honest with you, initially when we started off in technology, we, uh, the first department that we set up was actually data analytics, right? right. And we were yeah. we were assuming that we have the data in Malaysia that we can actually churn, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, we can actually churn it out into useful information for policymaking and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then soon we learn that no, we do not have a proper uh, data acquisition system. We do not have uh, you know reliable and usable data for us to make mm-hmm. meaningful analytics. Mm-hmm. And, and that is one of the reasons why now we are in IoT. So smart tani essentially is a set of sensors with IoT technology that will actually uh, give the farmers you know the ability to acquire all this data without doing anything. Basically, all the data will be will be sent to the cloud and will be kept in a depository. And they can access the data whenever they want. And more, more importantly, uh, what they can do is that they can actually share the data with uh, the subject matter experts and the policymakers, so that they mm-hmm. can actually make an informed choices or informed decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So far, I want to take a short break here. Uh, I'm on the phone with Afif Badrol Hisham. He's the head of business development over at Sat.Asia. We've been talking a little bit about Industry 4.0, adoption, digital transformation, a whole bunch of other stuff that we will be talking a little bit more about when we come back. Growth of the company as well, different aspects, features, and unique business propositions of Smart Tani when we come back after these messages. This is Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9 the business station. Breaking Financial Matters, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Tech Talk. I'm on the phone with Afif Badrul Hisham. He's the head of business development over at Sat.Asia. Afif, let's just move on a little bit and talk about... um you know, Sat.Asia themselves, you know, the growth of that company uh, through the pandemic. And what are you kind of predicting over the next couple of years in terms of how your company is going to move? Right. I think um, one of one of the, the silver lining of the pandemic right, is that um, the technology adoption is now you know, higher than ever. And people mm-hmm. are more open you know, to all these new technologies, especially, I mean, when you talk about uh, sectors like agriculture, where before the pandemic, you know, it was very difficult for us to penetrate that market. But right after the pandemic, because people appreciate the fact that you know, um, there are technologies where they do not have to be around the farm for them to actually yeah. do their work. Right, yeah, and yeah. Um, another aspect that was quite interesting is that you know when the pandemic hits, there were lo- quite a lot of professionals who actually lost their job, but they mm. get compensated. And what they did was they shifted to agriculture, and yeah. actually, yeah, that, that, that's that's sort of like the origin story of Smart Tani, really. Because um, how how we came about to Smart Tani is that I was actually hanging around with um, some of my uni friends, um, and we were talking about uh, the pandemic and all that. And this mm-hmm. was actually before pandemic, but we were sort of like seeing the trend already that, you know, everybody will actually shut down their, 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 their borders and all that. And then um, we got to talk about um, our side hustles or side businesses. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, these, these friends, they come from different backgrounds. You know, they are, some are from financing and banking, some are from the legal profession, some are engineers, some are pilots. 
And mm. I found out that almost half of us were actually in agriculture, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, and then they, they, decide, they, they actually asked me the question of, hey, Afif, don't we have any technology in agriculture? Because you're from technology company. You know, mm. can you actually introduce us to any of this technology? And that was the moment, you know, that actually hit me. We haven't really looked into agriculture at all at that time, right? Mm. And that's when we decided to actually have a look in it. And then we saw there's a massive uh, gap, you know, when it comes to the adoption of that kind of technology in agriculture. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what got us started back then, right? And yeah. uh, looking, looking into the future, um, I would say now we have more than ever, right, professionals turning into all this uh, so-called uh, fringe uh, industry, you know, or, or industries that they never thought of actually getting their, themselves involved in. Right, yeah. like agriculture, and so you have a lot of ex-engineers, you know, ex-lawyers, ex-bankers, and uh, you know, ex-accountants. They are now doing farming, and these people are more and more open, right? They are they are very open-minded. They really want to have technology on their farm, and yeah. it's going to get busier for us, um, the way I see it. Um, but um, uh, one thing that we are quite wary of is actually um, when we first uh, develop our smart tani, right? Um, we were quite um, focused to uh, certain types of crops uh, because right. uh, we had access to that that particular, you know, uh, experts, right? But now that that it has actually blown up, right? And people are talking about smart tani and it tani more and more, and now we are getting requests from so many uh, different types of uh, agriculture, you know, be it from plantation to greenhouses to aquaculture to, mm-hmm. to yeah, so all sorts of uh, farming. And and I mean, I'm still learning, you know, how vast agriculture <laughs> is, <laughs> right? And there are a lot of things that I've, I mean, just, just recently, for example, I was in Langkawi and um, I went to a farm where they they had uh, ducks, right? So they, they, were, they were producing a duck eggs. And yeah. um, I was I was talking about the, all the processes of actually getting all the ducks uh, to duck eggs and all that, and that's when I realized that they actually shed their feather every year, and I have yeah. never known about it. I've, I've never knew, and these are <laughs> the, these are the things that you have to sort of integrate into your into your your technology because you have to take yeah. into account all of these things, right? So um, it's looking good in the future. I think people will actually adopt technology more and more. Uh, but it will also be more challenging for the technology makers like us because now um, we have to sort of adapt to that. We have to cater uh, the market properly, right? And the thing about technology, as you might know, is that, you know, people's uh, patience, their threshold is somewhat, you know, low because yes. they will give it a try for maybe a week or two, right? And if you don't like it, they'll just ditch it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, mm-hmm. so, so we really do not want to put ourselves in that kind of position. So you have to, we have to get the product right the first time when we introduce it to them, you know, or at least to intrigue them to actually ask for more from us, you know, rather than just ditch the whole technology and go back right. to the conventional way of doing things. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to speak to you about. You know, yeah. often this this idea of like uh, the convergence of technology and the conventional it, it is where things get a little bit difficult because you've had uh, farmers. I mean, if we're not talking about, you know, bigger farmers and bigger plantations, they, they've been doing things you know, for generations, a particular way. And yeah. for them, it's it's always been the correct way. We plant on this date or we wait until this has happened and then we plant and then we harvest on this particular date. And so for them, when you, you go to them and say, look, I can offer you a solution um, that might give you better yields or, or often there's pushback. Have, have you felt any of that pushback at any point? Oh, yes, yes. There's a lot of pushback that we have actually uh, experienced before. And you are right. That That's almost like the same script, you know, everywhere we go. They've been doing yeah. it for 20, 30 years. 
So yeah. what's, what's the so point why of, would you know any better? You know exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so the approach that we took when we you know we take on all these kind of responses is this: um, we realize you know and we acknowledge the fact that we are a technology company. We are not agriculture company, you know, by by any standard or by any definition, right? Mm. And, and and we we make sure that they know that we know about this. And mm-hmm. therefore, we always collaborate with subject matter experts, right? So I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. So when we go into pineapple plantation, and we know there are a lot of uh, very influential pineapple planters with hundreds and thousands of acres of plantation, right? And these are the people that we really need to convince first because, you know, the whole industry are actually looking at them, you know, and, and taking cues from them. And yeah. um, the only way we can actually talk to them properly and for them to take us seriously was actually for us to collaborate with the Malaysian Pineapple Industrial Board, right? Um, right. Under the yep. Ministry of Agriculture. So we partner up with the with the board, and then we sort of had a, a proper uh, workshop with them to discuss all the the problem statements and the requirements, and then we go to all these big enterprises. Um, with the the board's uh, approval or the board's endorsement, and then it makes our life a little bit easier. But that's yes. not to say that we, yeah, a little bit easier because there were still pushbacks, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and soon what 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 we found out was that I mean it it takes a lot of effort for us to actually talk to these big guys, right? So mm. what we did was we shifted, we we changed uh, our strategy a bit. Uh, we went to the the what we call a youth uh, agropreneur. Right, so under the ministry, they have this unit called um, Unit Agropreneur Model. Right, so it's aimed yeah. for youth who wants to go into ag- uh, agriculture, and so as you can imagine, these are more open-minded farmers, right, because they are still young and they are getting some help from the government. So we sort of position ourselves there inside that unit, and we give more uh, attention to the young in, uh, agropreneurs mm-hmm. rather than the more established ones. Right, mm-hmm. and, then, and 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 we saw a positive feedback from them. And when we get positive feedback from the young agropreneur, then we get positive feedback from the government as well. And yeah. that's when the big enterprises actually take notice. You know, seeing mm-hmm. that oh, you know, we have a lot of young farmers coming up, and they are using technology. And I'm I'm not sure whether they felt you know threatened or anything, but then right, they decided right. to have a go at it. You see, yeah, so, yeah. so we had to do some maneuvering there. You know, for us to to get their attention, but you are like, and we are still struggling with that, to be honest. You know, and their expectation is sky high. You know, of they, course, they, yeah, they treat the technology like a like a magic bullet that will solve all yeah. their problems, right? And yeah. that's another challenge that we have to face. Yeah, I mean, Malaysia itself, you know, it is. It has the perfect resources for agriculture. You know, depending on what you're growing, obviously. Um, and it, it almost seems as though we, we're not quite doing enough in, in terms of taking advantage of what is available and what is out there. So these kind of discussions that I'm having with you, knowing that technology is available to help these farmers out and to make it more productive and to bring much more money into the economy is very reassuring at this point in time, especially after the last couple of years that we've had. You know. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I am also hearing these, you know, like these discussions that you've been having, with, with not just in in agriculture, but in other digitization projects. You know, people who run SMEs and they've run their family businesses for for so long, and they just don't they just don't see it. It's very difficult for them to see um, immediately the changes that they're going to see. Um, so, what I want to know, um, just to wrap up with you, um, Afif, is um, if you could see. I, I don't know. It's almost like a wish list. If if you could imagine what the agricultural industry or the agriculture industry would be like here in Malaysia in five years' time, what would be your prediction? 
Right. Uh, you mean a wish list as to how I would imagine a good agricultural sector? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the best version of. Right. Okay. <laughs> so number one, this is after after you know months, weeks, and months talking to the farmers. Right. Mm. Um, one of the thing is this. I think um, uh, we have to be more focused in our approach. You know, um, and I mean it, uh, including geographically, because um, mm. I was talking to a lot of farmers where they actually have very good suggestion about, you know, centralizing or, you know, uh, you, you, you should have designated districts or designated areas for a certain crop. So you, you have a concentration. For example, you just declare Johor as the, you know, land of pineapple, for example. Mm. All mm. of the pineapple plantations will be concentrated in Johor. And why do we want that? It's because then technology adoption will be much easier, right? Because then we, we, if one big player in Johor is using it, then we can actually sort of like, uh, you know, convince the others to actually use it. And then for us to actually design technologies for them will be much, much easier. Uh, one, right. of the, one of the most interesting uh, conversations that I had with uh, one of the, the high-ranking officers in, in the ministry was that mm. they were asking me to, to design a robot that can do, uh, you know, uh, that can apply fertilizers and hormoning at a pineapple plantation, right? And then, ah. they said, and then I said, well, that's very difficult, you know, um, but, but I, I, we can. I mean, I, I do have the capabilities to do that. To me, it's just mechanical and instrumentation engineering. It's not that difficult, right? The, yeah. the challenge is that in Malaysia, you have 101 different kinds of pineapple farms, Right, so you have the flat, you have the hilly side, you know, you have the, you know, uh, some some with with a very wide sort of walking area. Some doesn't have a walking area at all, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. so there's no standard when it comes to their farms, right? So I told them, right. yeah. So so then then they counted. They said, but you, you you see in America, for example, they do have all these robots working on the farm, right? So so the difference between what we have and what they have is that they have a standard. So, for example, if they want to, to plant uh, wheat, for example, they have a standard farm, you know, the, 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 the measurement of the farm, you know, all of those are standardized so that they can use one robot everywhere, right? So, ideally in Malaysia, I told the officer, we should do that. For example, if somebody comes to the Malaysian uh, ministry and say, I want to plant pineapple, you should have a blueprint that everybody has to follow so that mm-hmm. technology makers will be able to actually design one technology that can fit for all. Right, yeah, so I think yeah, that is yeah. one of the one of the key things, right? So you have to be concentrated. You have to standardize the farms so that we can accelerate technology adoption, right? And um, we also have to 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 really focus on the type of crops that we want to grow, you know, because um, uh, the thing about Malaysia is that we are we, we keep on hopping from one crop to the other, you know, when when it's it's, it's almost like a trend. Right? Yes, so, yes. Yeah. So that, Dorian that, this week and then pineapples next week. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so we can't have that, right? So we have to have a proper long-term planning. So I think I mm. think it's more on the management and the strategic element of agricultural management that we really need mm-hmm. above all else, to be honest. So mm-hmm. we have to have that, that structured and, you know, a, a very uh, uh, well-thought strategy of how to actually implement agriculture in Malaysia. I think that, that is above all else in my wish list. Wonderful. That was a great chat. Thank you very much for that. No problem at all. Okay. That was Afif Badrul Hisham. He's the head of business development over at Sat.Asia. Uh, we've been speaking about collaborating with industry leaders, how potentially uh, we should be looking at the implementation of technology within the uh, agro uh, industry here in Malaysia and his wish list uh, for the next few years here. Uh, Afif, I just want to thank you for taking the time to join me here on Tech Talk today. Thank you for having me. It was, um, I had a blast. Yeah. 
my pleasure. If you missed any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. I recommend the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. I'm Rich Bradbury for Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.